Welcome to After All, the cross-generational podcast dedicated to discovering and rediscovering the social, political, and personal impact of The Mary Tyler Moore Show. I'm your host, Ariel Fisher. And I'm your co-host, Sylvia McCon. And welcome to the show, guys. This week, we are talking about uh, one of those lighter episodes, something a little, just a little fun, a little silly. Uh, Last week, we discussed episode 10, Assistant Wanted Female, wherein Mary hires Phyllis to be her personal assistant at work, and that has interesting ramifications. This week is 1040 or Fight. Mary's income tax returns are audited by an amorous IRS agent. So, yeah, this was a bit of a a bit of a light episode, not uh, nothing super heady. Uh, as I've been told, actually, by a couple of friends that the first season of the show has a lot more kind of light episodes. Things aren't, you don't really get too much into the hard-hitting feminism Mm. that would come to be known, that the show would come to be known for. Now, we've had, at the beginning of the series, there were a couple of episodes episodes that dealt with that. I wonder if they were just sort of testing the waters and seeing um, kind of the response from the audience about the episodes that uh, were a little more serious. It is a comedy. It is a comedy. And it is still a sitcom, and this is 1970. So the sensibilities of the audience are sort of paramount. Mm -hmm. And I guess over time, as, as things in the world change things in the show change so they kind of mirror each other possibly exactly yeah and it's and and at the time i mean there was there was a lot going on politically uh as we mentioned in our first episode you know jane i think we mentioned in the first episode at the very beginning that you know jane fonda was getting into her activism at the time yeah absolutely and it's it's kind of been fun because i was going through i'm at this point i'm going through i'm probably done by the time this goes to air the uh, Gene Seberg, Jane Fonda episodes of Remember This Pod, uh, You Must Remember This, the oh, okay. podcast about the golden era of Hollywood. Right. And it was at the point that we're recording this episode, I had just finished the episode where they were talking about Gene Seberg and Jane Fonda getting into their activism around the Black Panthers. And becoming more active in their duties. So it's kind of fun seeing, getting to listen to that while thinking about that that was in 1970. And that was at the same time that this first season went to. And Jane Fonda's still alive and well and making headlines. Exactly. Which is pretty amazing. For her feminism. Yes. As, you know. Yes. As we are seeing, especially around all this Harvey Weinstein stuff. Mm -hmm. But the... This week's episode is not so much no. about that. There's, you know, some throwaway lines about power struggle, but that's kind of it. Not much. Otherwise, this is really just kind of a fun 
geeky, little... a, a geeky date episode, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So Mary is is being audited, mm-hmm. and she's panicked, and she keeps meticulous records of absolutely everything in her shoeboxes. And the IRS agent who comes over is totally not what she expected. She was expecting some old fuddy-duddy who is going to be, you know, in and out in three seconds and just, you know, here's what you need and super boring and whatever. And what she gets is a young man who's about her age who's quite cute, actually. and Geeky but cute. Geeky but cute. And with a geeky sense of humor that she gets because really underneath her beautiful clothes and lovely hair she's a bit of a geek herself she's completely a geek i mean she's she's almost like embarrassed about how good her record keeping is in her meticulous shoeboxes her meticulous shoeboxes yes as he asks do you have anything in a brown loafer but it's it's kind of it's it's a fun episode like Mm -hmm. we we start out and she's baking cookies to uh make her auditor more comfortable and he's immediately smitten with her and uh, asks her to go to dinner so that they can discuss business, of course. Of course. And sends her flowers with the money that he's paying her back that he had to borrow to go on said dinner and giving her candy grams with uh, details of... Instructions on please find la 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 la, whatever. You exactly. Know, this or that receipt. So everything's very light and and then they... <laughs> she, she kind of can't decide if she really wants to see this guy or not and is kind of on the fence. And we'll see if he comes back. I'm kind of curious to see if he's in any of the subsequent episodes, but I feel like this is going to be one of those... A one-off. Oh, probably. I honestly don't remember, and yet his face is familiar. And whether it's familiar from this one episode or he shows up elsewhere, Mm -hmm. I don't know. And he is... Is he Carlton the Doorman? Carlton the Doorman. Never mind. Who's Carlton the Doorman? That's in your future. (laughs) He is Paul Sand, who has something like 85 credits to his name. He's been in a bunch of stuff. He was on episodes in the last 20 years or so on, uh, you know, the adventures of Alex Mack and Dharma and Greg. And although I guess that's frick, that's more than 20 years. Oh my God. That's nuts. But Ah. he's, he's got, he's had a pretty prolific career of, you know, little side roles and bits and pieces here, even just on episodes of the X-Files. So it's likely that we've seen him elsewhere and that's why he looks so familiar. Could be. I wonder if he plays that kind of, kind of geeky, good natured guy on other shows. The Sweet Nebbish? Yeah. Yeah. The The Sweet sweet Nebbish. Yeah. But it's, yeah, I mean, it's a perfectly... Lovely serviceable, story. lovely story. And of she gets teased at work because she receives her big bouquet of roses. And of course, the men make assumptions about, yeah. gee, are you getting a big refund? Because the, the assumption, which never is, is explicit, is, oh, you slept with the auditor. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of danced around. It is danced around. And, and she's like, no, really? This is exactly what happened. He, we went out for dinner at a perfectly ethical Chinese restaurant. <laughs> Had a perfectly ethical meal. That's it. And, and then, then he, he ethically dropped, dropped me, me off, off at the door. And said goodnight. Yeah. And that was it. And it's funny because the most illicit thing that happens really while he's still auditing her is he kisses her forehead. Yeah. Because she leans in to look at, you know, line five on form six of blah, blah, blah or whatever. And he's just... <laughs> 
gives her a peck on the forehead and then kind of like nestles into her his hair and smells her hair, which I'm sure smells like flowers. <laughs> um, but he's so mortified because he's so proper. Mm-hmm. He's He really is a stickler for doing the right thing. Yes. So I don't think at any point you feel that he's, you know, predatory in any way. No, in not fact, at all. In fact, if anything... She's the one who ultimately at the end of the audit, he didn't want the audit to end. Because that would mean saying goodbye. Because that would mean saying goodbye to her. And ultimately at the end, she's the one who's saying to him, it doesn't have to be that way. You know, Mm -hmm. I actually like you and we could go out. Yeah. Uh, And he, it it takes him a minute to realize that she's being genuine in in her um, expression of of interest. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's quite sweet. It is. So, speaking speaking of geeky dates, um, <laughs> you had a pretty geeky date for about 18 years. Pretty much. <laughs> My father. <laughs> Who's a sweet, geeky man. A very geeky man. Of, well, I, I come of, by it honestly. Of, of best intentions. Of best intentions. Yeah. yeah. Have you had any other geeky dates? Were there, was there anything else in, like... In my past, I had, I had, yes, yes. And this was actually before your father and I started dating. So we're talking way back. So we're talking high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and high school dates, by definition, I think, are geeky. Yes. Um, but there were a couple of geeky dates. There was a guy who, so I was in grade 10 and he was in grade 13. So that takes some of the geekiness out because you're dating someone who's older. Mm-hmm. And he ended up being, like, really, really boring and oh, no. really, really awful. Like, he wasn't bad. He was just really, really boring. And I think he wanted to continue dating, and I kind of went, not no, so much. Not so much. Not so much. And recently, so this, we're talking, like, 40-plus years later, I didn't meet him, but I met I met his brother who I didn't know was his brother I know through someone who came to do some repairs in our house and obviously had the same last name Mm -hmm. and kind of went I know someone by that last name and he goes oh yeah that's my brother and I went oh okay nice nice. that's nice nice to meet you so (laughs) it was uh uh yeah and I was I was gonna say you know recently are you going on dates without Uh, Carrie's knowledge no no, 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 definitely not. No, no. I had a really awkward date when I was in uh, when I was in. Well, I've had a lot of really awkward dates, but there's one that particularly comes to mind, especially because this guy was an auditor, right? So you kind of have that attachment to like people of certain professions are more awkward than others. Not all awkwardness is created equal, mm, yeah. but there I, are some stereotypes. There are. And this guy, this kind of debunks some. Like, he's a super geeky guy, which kind of fits with the whole, like... But he has a, actually a very acute sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, do you have anything in a brown loafer? Yeah. When she brings out her shoeboxes of receipts. Yeah. Do you have any of your, uh, any of your records handy? Hey, all. All my records. Okay. I have everything. I saved all my receipts, my check stubs. I think just about everything you'd need right in here. Oh, I wonder if you have uh, anything in a nice brown loafer... <laughs> you knew that was a joke, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I just, I figure why spend a lot of money on a filing cabinet? Just as easy to keep them in the shoe boxes. Sure. And 
sorry. That way, it's a great excuse once a year to buy an extra pair. So, you know, you, you have to give him credit for that sort of uh, quick, dry sense of humor. Mm, I like completely. that. Completely. Yeah. I dated an engineering student once. Oh, wow. You? Yeah. Really? Yeah. It didn't oh, wow. last long. It was like a couple weeks. But it sticks out in my mind because he was so awkward and it was so uncomfortable. Like it was, it was, it was painful. Like you truly come from different planets. Oh, like literally. Yeah. Like you talking, you know, men, men are from Mars, women are from Venus kind of shit here. Cause like. And artsy people are from like Mercury. I just, well, it's not even that artsy people are the weird ones in no, this sense or that we're the different it's, ones. It's them. It's totally them. It's not yeah. me. It's him. Yeah. Engineers are fucking weird, man. I'm sorry if there are enge- any engineers listening, but generally, from it's, what it's highly, it's highly unlikely. It's from what I've learned over the years, especially male engineers are just kind of like a horse of a different color. Mm-hmm. Like I, I recently had to get a lot of work done on on my bike, and the guy who owns the bike shop who came by and was uh, picking up my bike to get it serviced was telling me about they're mechanics he's like mechanics are kind of like drummers they're a bit of a weird breed of human mm-hmm. they're kind of strange they're a little quirky they have strange obsessions a really weird sense of humor they don't always communicate well with the normies and i'm kind of going oh i've dated a lot of those that's kind of yeah yeah and, those people are how is that odd. like why are these people specifically so strange no why did you ever go on dates with people who are I was, so off the radar for you. People do stupid shit when they're in university. This is true. So you dated an engineer and it didn't last because he no. was too odd. He was so odd. It did was he so think, awkward. Did he think you were odd? Probably. I may, I don't know. I honestly have no idea. Yeah. How how, he was how just, you are seeing. He was yeah. so kind of out to lunch whenever we were, were out to lunch. Or, you know, dinner, as the case may be. Maybe he was trying to figure out how they manufacture forks. May, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> and, like, having conversations, you know, because when you're dating somebody and you're getting to know them, you have conversations about what are your favorite blah, what what food do you like, what are your favorite uh-huh. musicians, your favorite bands. You want to try, obviously, to find things in common. Exactly. And, you know, what's your favorite TV show? And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I really like blah, blah, blah. I don't even remember what I would have been watching at the time if Mad Men was even on. And like, oh, I love Gilmore Girls and all of this stuff. And it's like, what about you? Oh, I love, like, Judge Judy is my favorite show. What? Yeah. Like, would avidly make a point of sitting down in front of the TV when it was on to watch Judge Judy. Like, to set aside time to do that. That's bizarre. And I'm like, I don't. And he was a drummer, too. So that probably doesn't oh, help. Okay. But, and like, we would talk about music, but he couldn't really connect on anything. Mm. And it was like, he kept missing. And it didn't help that he was terrible in bed on top of everything else. Like, it's just, like, literally Bed every by numbers? F- hmm? Bed by numbers? It, bad bed by numbers <laughs> like even the the level of instructions that engineers have to follow and the meticulousness and attention to detail could right. not save him ah okay it just it was ridiculous mm. like just ridiculous and i can't remember i've been on a few awkward dates that kind of wound up accidentally being dates oh yeah okay. i don't know if I've, I've probably told you about this maybe i think i must have Remember Derek's friend Josh? 
from like many, many moons ago. He came up to the cottage once with Kayla as well. Vaguely. Vaguely. Very, very, very vaguely. So a, friend of, a friend of my brother is named Josh, who I should probably have given him a fake name. Oh, well. Josh. And he was... He was always a little strange, but he was nice enough, and he was a friend of my brother's, my older brother's, so we were friendly. And... He asked me to go out to, like, dinner and a movie one night. But it was very clear. It was like, yo, we should hang out sometime. Let's, like, go see a movie or something. You like movies. Let's see movies. I was like, cool. Why not? And it was, like, there was no implication that this was anything. And so we went and we're seeing them and we're sitting in the movie. And he starts putting his hand on my knee and immediately warning bells goes off, go, go off. And I'm like, oh, this isn't what that is. Oh, shit. You think that's what this is. Oh, crap. <laughs> And just trying to, like, work around it and, like, kind of push it to the side, make things a little more palatable. But no, it didn't work. And then we went out for dinner and we went for sushi and, and he was still kind of leaning heavily into it. And I kind of was trying to, I did not turn into the skid. I was just desperately trying to get mm. the hell out of there. And then every you know, dinner, dinner was over and he went to drop me off at home. And we were we were living at Carrie's place at the time mm-hmm. at, in the townhouse, and it was this this place was a big loop, so you could drive in basically. You, when you get into the townhouse complex, you could go left or right, and it would take you eventually to the right spot. But one way was infinitely longer than the other because he was closer to one entrance. So we drive in, and he says, "So which way is the quickest way? Should I go left or right?" And I said, "Go right." He says, "I'm gonna go left." So he takes the long way around deliberately. Eek. And he's driving like 15 kilometers an hour. And he's just not moving. And then we get to the to, to, to home. And I'm like, okay, this was fun. Thanks. Bye. And I'm like getting ready to go out of the car. He's like, well, I have a quick question for you. I'm like, okay. He's like, would you be insulted if I asked to kiss you? I'm like, the question alone was just absurd. So I'm like, why on earth would I be insulted if you ask? Like, that's a really strange question. It's a, it's a kind of tying yourself up in knots to ask for a kiss. Exactly. Yeah. But I, and I flat out said that. I'm like, why would I, that, why would that be insulting? It's not an insulting question. And he takes that to mean yes. Of course. So he kisses me and I'm kind of like, oh, okay. And it's an awkward kiss. And then he pulls away and I'm kind of like, okay, here's the door. I'm going to leave now. Bye. And he says, but I have to ask. Like, yes. It's like, did the soy t- did the soy sauce taste better on me or the sushi? I'm like, ah, oh, God, ah, dude, come on. This has been agonizing the whole way. Why is this your finishing move? And I said this. I said the sushi, and I got out of the car, like immediately, Eek. just gone. And we and we never spoke again. Really? Oh, yeah. You never saw him again? Nope. Like, not even through Derek, incidentally, or anything? No, he wasn't even... He and Derek didn't even really hang out much at this point. Oh, wow. So it was, like, totally out of left field. And, of course, I had to tell Derek, and he was mortified. Of course. But it was just, like, ugh, awkward. Awkward. And not even in that attractive way. Like, Bob's actually a pretty good story for that. Because we met in a very awkward fashion. Mm -hmm. Well, it wasn't that awkward, actually. We met at a housewarming party, which is pretty normal. But he was awkward and uncomfortable. He was not, he, well, I don't know. He wasn't anticipating me. Um, right. And there you were. And there I was. 
And we got to the building at the same time, but didn't know that we were going to the same place and got in. That sounds the, like a movie. It, it was a meet cute. Yeah. It was a very meet totally. cute. And he was awkward and geeky in the most wonderful way. <laughs> so we get, to, we get to the apartment building. He buzzes in just ahead of me. I call up like two seconds after he walks through the door. And I go in and then we're waiting for the elevator together. And he's kind of standing a little further in front of me. And keeps kind of awkwardly staring at me out of the corner of his eye, like, I don't know what to do. Like, like one of those situations where you're standing there and you're like, what do I normally do with my hands? Like, <laughs> what, I don't know what to do with my hands. So he's just standing there kind of awkwardly and the elevator opens and we get in and we realize that we're going to the same floor. And I'm standing, I, you know, stand back in the back corner of the elevator, just letting it all be in front of me. <clears throat> well, Bob's kitty corner to me on the other side of the elevator, standing as close to the wall as humanly possible, mm-hmm. facing the wall, just like <laughs> oh, trying really? to melt into, into the, the wall. wall. Please wall swallow me just, up. Just, just devour me. I can't, I can't deal with this right now. And I'm kind of like giggling to myself, like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Like, I don't understand. And we get off at the same floor and realize that we're walking in the same direction down the hallway. And I'm, I'm ahead of him. He's let me go ahead. And as he's told me in, in instances after, in his mind at this point was, please, please don't go to the same place. You're, you're too pretty. And I don't want to have to talk to you because I'm going to screw it up. So out pops Ron, our friend from his apartment, and looks down the hall and goes, oh, I see you guys have met each other. Oh, God, so, no. No, not yet, no, actually. And, you know, introduces us as we walk down the hallway. And then we proceeded to spend the rest of the night. We were some of like the first three or four people to arrive and we were late. So it was a late start. And we proceeded to spend the rest of the night just talking about film and horror and all sorts of things and just getting along like peas in a pod to the point where everybody at the party, both, most of whom we both knew separately, were like, oh, I didn't know that Bob and Ariel were dating. When did they meet? So it, and Ron so it, kind of has this glow of pride on his face. They just met today. And lo and behold, four and a half years later, here we are. Here you are. But, surrounded by... Posters of horror movies and piles and piles of DVDs and VHSs. Oh, yes. All of the lovely, awkward things that were ever so charming. Yes. So sometimes it goes well. Yes, it does. Sometimes it does. And in this instance for Mary, it went well. It went very well. And she was very good at the end because, you know, you could tell that she actually really likes this guy and that he's got potential. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see if, in fact, he shows up in... Subsequent episodes. Subsequent. He needs to show up in the next episode or, or like soon after for him to be, I think for him to be a, a recurring um, <clears throat> guest. So. Yeah. It'll be interesting. But then again, at this time, like sometimes you did have that with certain sitcoms where you'd have a character there for one episode and then they were just gone. Yeah. And you just didn't, it was, you it didn't was ask lot. questions. Yeah. The, the main characters are obviously recurring, mm-hmm. Mary and her co-workers and Rhoda and Phyllis. Mm-hmm. Um, but pretty much everybody else is a one-off. Yeah. Yeah. Although no Lou in this episode, which was interesting. We, we had no Lou. This is, I think, the first episode where there has been no Lou no Grant. No Lou. Okay. We interesting. Had, like, right. Phyllis hasn't been in every single episode, but no. that's fine. Rhoda usually has her little pop-up, and she has her moments in this one, especially with, mm-hmm. you know, the candy gram, and she takes a bite of the chocolate going... Why am I bothering putting this in my mouth? I might as well just stick it on my thighs. Speaking to every woman ever around the world. Boy, am I stuffed. Me too. That had to be the world's largest chef salad. 
What'd you expect? Did you check the size of that chef? <laughs> I gotta get back to work. I just came up here to check out what new loot you got from old Robert C. Is this it? Yeah, it's a candy gram. He likes to send me presents, but he doesn't do it unless it's related to business. How is the box of candy related to business? Please bring last October's check stubs. Mushy, isn't he? <laughs> I don't know why I'm putting this in my mouth. I should just apply it directly to my hips. It's just kind of fun and silly. And uh -huh. there's, there's, there's not much to this one. It's, there's not a lot of subtext. It's, no. it's just a fun episode, and we have to kind of accept that that will happen. Yes. There are many, many episodes, and we're only <clears throat> just scratching the surface. And um, mm -hmm. more, more to come, which I'm sure we'll have... Um, Different dynamics, more meat, more uh, interesting things to discuss. More to chew on. More to chew on. But it was enjoyable. It was. It was nice. It's 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 fun seeing just kind of... And she dresses so well. She dresses oh so God. well. Oh, her clothes are fantastic. They are. She, you know, at the, when she's waiting for him to come over and she's in this beautiful floor-length kind of Victorian fit skirt. Yes. With... Beautiful, like, like stormy gray yeah. skirt with a matching vest. And a puff sleeve shirt with ruffles on the front. Yes. Not in that awkward, awkward 1970s tuxedo style. No. But like super classy and... Like and she lovely. could be, like she could be an, a, an English governess. Yes, yes, she looks like she's about to kind of rally the von Trapps. I was going to say French lieutenant's woman, but okay. Eh, that too. Okay. I I think governess and immediately go to Maria. Uh yeah, but she wears ugly clothes. She does until she doesn't. Until she doesn't, until because she, she takes curtains and sews them. Exactly, and ha, those ha, ha, ha. are a few of my favorite things. Indeed. Ha 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 ha. ha. But thanks for joining us, guys, for this all together. Simple episode. And next week, episode 12, we will be discussing Anchorman Overboard. Mary reluctantly arranges for Ted to speak at Phyllis's Woman's Club. That's right for all kinds of things. That's going to be interesting. Because Ted's speaking never goes well, despite, no. you know, being the anchor. So that's it for today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can, of course, as usual, find us on all the social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at After All Podcast. You can email us at afterallpodcast at gmail.com. Listen to the show on all major podcasting networks. You can find us on SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, and the Pocket Casts app. And last but certainly not least, please go to iTunes, check out the show there, hit subscribe, Give us a little rating. Write a little review. We have about four or five. We have five reviews now on iTunes Canada. That's awesome. Yes, which yeah, makes ooh. me so happy. And they're all favorable. And I think one of them is from someone we don't know. That's amazing. That is amazing. That is even better. So if friends and family are listening, please go give us a little review. If uh, most of you not being friends and family contribute a little, it helps us become a little bit more uh, visible to the general public. So click subscribe. Give us a rating. All attention is good attention. And uh, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Bye.